Welcome to This Week in Missouri Politics, my favorite edition of the year from the Missouri State Fair. We are here with the 57th governor of the great state of Missouri. Governor Parson, welcome back to This Week in Missouri Politics. Hey, great to be here, Scott. Anytime we're at State Fair is a good day for us. It's outstanding. I mean, it, it gets better every year. This year, we even had the weather cooperate. This is the best weather I've ever seen at the fair. Uh, it's for a long time. I haven't seen anything like it. And just the mood of people as you go around the fairgrounds and... Uh, it's just been a fun day all the way around. We started early, but uh, had the opportunity to see a lot of exhibits, a lot of kids out there. Everybody just having fun, and that's what the fair is all about. It's fun to watch you interact with folks at the fair. You're about as popular as funnel cakes here. I mean, people just <laughs> love to see, and I think it's because they know you really do. You're a farmer, and you really do appreciate the fair. Ah, you know, these are the kind of people that heart and soul of this yeah. state. I think a lot of them just good, hardworking people, and it's a big deal to come to the state fair. I mean. I remember when I was a kid, coming to the State Fair was something you just never hardly got to do, much that kind of entertainment, and to come here. But you just see so many people here that really appreciates what agriculture means to the state and how important the future of it is, and you see every aspect of it, all the way from livestock to row crop uh, to all the products we do in the state. So it's, it's just fun being here at the State Fair, getting to have fun, and kind of, I want to say, kind of people I kind of grew up with yeah. are kind of all here. So uh, big primary election, you had to be a little bit proud that a guy who you picked to be, you served in the Senate, but you picked to be the Attorney General, the, the Republican Party of Missouri is gonna nominate for Senate. It had to be a proud day. Oh, I, there's no question about yeah. that. You know, and it's good the election's over, now we can focus on the general election, the political side. But anytime you're picking people to serve in key roles, and, and everybody kind of knows the unusual circumstances mm -hmm. where you pick a Lieutenant Governor, State Treasurer, Attorney General, and both the, the Attorney General seems to be gonna probably got the great opportunity to move up. State Treasurer's got an opportunity to move up. It's and a little bit of an affirmation of your pick when the voters of the state put them in a higher office even after you picked them. You know, you know, Scott, one thing I believe in so much is just it's not about politics giving somebody a job. It's about who's really going to work for the people of the state. And all my entire career, I've tried to be a good public servant. And if I want to pick people, I want them to be good public servants, too. And I want them to be from Missouri first. So um, you're going to have looks like it's possible, maybe likely you're going to have to pick a new attorney general. When you go back, you've done it before. But when you go back and look, what are you looking for in somebody for that job? Yeah, you know, first of all, law and order. Yeah. Are you, are you, are, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a law and order guy. Are you going to withhold the law and, and make sure you do what it is and make sure we protect people in the state? You know, I want, I want dedication. You know, I want people that's got uh, a little bit of wisdom, uh, maybe a little gray hair, maybe not. But anyhow, I think, are you going to be able to handle that position and administer it fairly in today's world? And you're really going to do what? Somebody out here at this fairgrounds needs a little help someday. You're going to be able to help them. It's you a big know. job. There's it's no a, question. It's a big job and so many different moving parts to it. And it's a big deal to the state. You know, whether you win or lose is a big deal. Uh, okay. When you get lawsuits filed every day against you, when a lot of things happen there in the state, you need somebody sticking up for, for the state. And that's what I'm going to look at attorney general. And again, I'll look at experience. You know, it's not a job for a rookie. I'll be honest yeah. about it. It's really not. So you've got to have some experience in it. And then what's the longevity of that person you pick? Are they going to be here in the next time? And are they going to, they want to climb the political ladder? Or they just want to do their job. So you know, it's a good thing when somebody uh, wins an office. I think that means they did a good job and they move on to a higher office. But it kind of feels like it'd be nice to have somebody in that job for a while. Well, I don't think there's any question, you know, being kind of the, the career I've had, you want people there with experience and have knowledge of what that job uh, means and what's everyday operations are. Because, and I think it's a good thing for the people that work there. They want yeah. stability too, you know. They're, they're working hard people, but if you get a new boss every two years, every four years, uh, it's a little difficult to make those judgments. So you're having a special session that a lot of folks around the fair are pretty interested in. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. I think when word got around the Capitol that you might veto this Mazda bill, 
I, I heard you out at Farm Bureau's Legislative Day, and you looked right at Garrett, and you kind of laid down your marker, I felt like. And then I'm not sure folks thought you'd actually veto that bill. Yeah. And then you did. Right. Special session. What's, what's going to happen? You know what? First, first of all, I'm never going to sell farmers and ranchers short. You know, I mean, if everybody else gets the same type of playing field, then we're uh, people in agriculture is going to get the same benefits that a corporation in Kansas City or St. Louis or anywhere else had. And it was unfortunate it didn't happen during session. I tried to be upfront with everybody. You know, I'm an ag governor and said, yeah. look, if you do this, I'm going to veto it. Do you think, so, though, some of them didn't think you'd really veto an ag bill? Well, I think that probably, I'm sure think, some of them did. I think, I think we all right. know that word was going out. But look, you know, we can fix it. That's why we're going to have a special session. And look, if there's ever a time to fix it for farmers and ranchers in this state, when you look what diesel prices are almost tripled, fertilizer prices almost tripled, livestock costs, feed costs. And I mean, we're going to help everybody else in the state. Why in the world can't we help a farmer right now? You know, do you worry sometimes the Republican Party in the state's got so big? The suburban interests kind of take over. Sometimes it looks like you're the last guy caring about rural Missouri. It just yeah. looks like the, leader, the leadership yeah. in the party goes more to the suburbs. And it's not their fault. I mean, they live in the cul-de-sacs sure. and vinyl siding and all that. Sure. But it's a different way of life. And I get, I understand why they don't maybe value our way of life. But it seems like a little, little lonely for you sometimes in yeah. the Republican Party right now, fighting yeah. for rule of values. Look, I've always taken a balanced approach for almost everything I've done since governor. I understand the importance of urban areas versus rural areas. But I tell you what, there is a fair balance to make sure everybody gets treated the same. And yeah, different people want different things in the state. But you got to honor both of those requests. And I'm not going to leave rural Missouri out. I mean, you know, it's, it's the bigger part of who we are in this state when it comes to agriculture. It's the heart and soul of our state. But I want all parts of the state to do well. I, I, it's just not about rural. It's just not about urban. If everybody can kind of come together and feel like we can all get along and try to figure out what's good for all of us, it's good for the people of the state of Missouri. It's a win-win. So I'm always going to have a tendency to, you know, stick up for rural Missouri. When you look at what legislative leaders talk about, though, it's less and less issues that apply to folks that live on gravel roads. And it's more and more obsession with St. Louis, constantly. Everything's about St. Louis. Yeah. Do you worry the party's just getting too obsessed with the, that suburban culture? Yeah. I don't think so. I, I, I think if in the legislative branch, if you see the people in there, you know, it's a matter of stepping up. It really is. I mean, yeah. I mean, for the legislators, when you look at what representative in that body, whether it's the House or the Senate, we need to make sure that, that rural Missouri has a voice and, and that yeah. we stand up for that voice. So sometimes it's a matter of standing up and not getting run over. But as you know well, in politics sometimes, certain parts of the state do try to have more influence. But it's up to us to stand up for it, too. Uh, you know where I'm from, southwest Missouri. Hey, we got a good coalition of reps and senators down there. We need to stand up and do what's right for our part of the state, too. Again, there is a balanced way to treat everybody equal to make sure everybody's getting what they need. And I think we've done that in the four years that I've been governor to make sure that we're kind of towing that line to make sure we're getting good things done. You, you mentioned gravel roads. You know, we just made the largest investment in our yeah. state's history on lettered roads, uh, $100 million. We've never done that before, you know, trying to take care of some of those gravel them highways that we got out there. But we've also put major projects in Kansas City, the Buck O'Neill Bridge, the I-270, mm -hmm. Roachport Bridge that, that helps all suburban and urban areas. There's a balance, and, and I feel like we're getting that and striking that balance pretty well. So there's a little bit more to the special session than just the MASBA. Now, first of all, if somebody hears that acronym, and they may not know, even folks in rural Missouri might not know what that means. Right. What is a MASBA tax credit? Well, for, first of all, I, I think you got to look at tax credits as a whole. You know, mm -hmm. what we're trying to do is we're trying to make sure we give the businesses the tools they need to be successful in their toolboxes and to grow. So whether it's corn, cattle, soybean, wood products, you can almost go down the list. 
they all depend on those to be able to help them to run their business, to expand their businesses and bring new business to the state. The new gen tax credits are in there too. But the point of it is we're doing that every day. We did it eight times last year in the legislative session. Eight times we passed it for other people, but we didn't do it for agriculture. We didn't treat them the same. And I think the biggest part about that is if we're gonna do it, why in the world would we ever take anything away from farmers and ranchers in a tough time like this and literally don't even treat them the same, you take it away from them. So all of that's important. When we look at meat processing plants, when we look at biodiesel, when we look at all the things that matters to agriculture, all of them played a part in that. And all of a sudden they just got treated differently than everybody else. And you know, again, I'm just not gonna let that happen. You know, I'm gonna do everything I can to fight for them and make sure we fix it. So, uh, but also you're gonna do a tax cut. Yeah, we're, we're excited about that. Look, we all the time talk about, you know, if you do A, B, C, D, things are gonna get better, the economy is gonna grow, jobs are gonna grow. And we've been very fortunate in this state. The way we've handled everything over the last four years, and especially during the pandemic, where we chose to leave our businesses open, we kept our schools open, we tried to keep people go to work. We were one of the first states in the United States to cut off the federal unemployment, that we get people back in the workforce. We now have an economy, our revenue in the state is the largest revenue we've ever had in the state's history of revenue coming in. Our unemployment rate, in the 50 years we've been keeping track of that, it's the lowest we've ever had at 2.5, which people are going back to work. And we're doing what we said we're gonna do. But we have a surplus of money right now in Jefferson City. And anybody that knows the budget process knows right now we're setting on it. If we were ever gonna help Missourians to give them a tax cut and put money back in their pocket. If we believe what we say, you put money in people's pocket, they spend money and the economy grows. That's exactly what we're trying to do. And we can afford to do it. And it says there ever time to do it, now's the time. I just think there ain't an old boy in Farmington that gets his check on Friday and looks and says, you know, I didn't send the state enough money. I don't think that goes through anybody's mind. Yeah. But it looks like, you know, it's almost like Goldilocks. You know, you see the Senate number, eh, maybe around 500 million. You see your number around seven. The house is probably like, 10 billion or whatever. Yeah. Can you bring all those numbers together? Yeah, I believe I can. I believe I can. Uh, you know, it's sure not going to be because I didn't try to get it done, not work to get it done. I believe there's a common ground. If we as a legislative body, as a government body in the state of Missouri, if you can see how terrible the federal government's doing on that administration, but if you look at who we are, the House, the Senate, and a Republican governor, super majorities. If we cannot do a tax cut for every Missourian that draws a check and we can't help agriculture, then we need to go home. The two biggest things that we can do in a lifetime for people, to really put money back in people's pocket, we have the opportunity to do that that no other legislative branch has had to do or no other governor. It's time to get it done. And like I said, we just got to get it done and we have times now. Talk about the Missouri Senate. Interesting times, uh, the conservative caucus, something that you, I mean, I always thought the conservative caucus was the Republican caucus when you were in the Senate. Well, there was a, a caucus that, that disbanded it's had to be a little challenging watching, if nothing else, just how new that was for the Senate. And as, as governor interacting with the Senate, yeah. that's been an interesting development. With that disbanding, yeah. when, you, when you read that, what went through your head? Yeah, you know, I think it's, in for, it's unfortunate the way the Senate has gotten to over the last few years, just, just the way uh, either side, you can look at it either way, but I think it's unfortunate we've got that. I've talked to a lot of the new senators coming in. I've talked to almost every senator about special session. But one of the things I tell them, you know, coming in, I said, at some point we have to govern. People put you there to govern. You know, you can put your differences aside, but to fight on every topic is not what the Senate's all about. The Senate is about trying to figure out compromise, trying to figure out how you move the state mm -hmm. forward. And I think the most important thing all of them need to understand, at the end of the day, you gotta govern. 
doing nothing is not a good answer for the people of Missouri. You know, a story people don't talk about a lot with you, you lost a leadership race once. Yeah. Pretty, I think a lot of folks thought you were going to win it. Yeah, right. You put your head down, Yeah. you went back to work, and I yeah. think your career turned out okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. That, yeah. that quality seems to be a little bit lost. I mean, give, give, yeah. give the advice right now to somebody yeah. that maybe they lose a leadership race in November. Yeah. It's a tough thing. Yeah. But, but how do you get to where you got in January? You yeah. put your head down and go back to work. Yeah, you, you know what? It was one of the most difficult times I've had in the legislative process. Whether yeah. you lose a race, whether you lose a leadership race, we all think we had a chance. And I thought I was going to win that leadership yeah. race. I remember driving back home to Bolivar. I was disappointed. I was hurt, uh, you know, trying to keep my head up. But over the weekend, I just had to realize, look, I got to go back in there and I've still got a job to do and I got to do the best job I can. I can go sulk in the corner all day long and be mad about it, but that's kind of not who I am. And I got to be a good senator. So that's exactly what I did. A little gravel uh, in your gut to do that, though, right? Yeah, you, you got to be a good judgment. You know, you, you know, self-discipline. You got to tell yourself the world's not coming to an end because you lost some leadership race. Because the vast majority of people don't even know you're running for a leadership <laughs> yeah. race. I mean, the truth be known, I mean, most people don't care. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, don't care. So it's a matter of what you got to do. And I think again, the way it turned out, you know, none of us had. I didn't ask for where I'm at today, uh, but I think that probably losing that race, probably if I'd won that race, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So it made you better leader. Yeah. yeah. So and, and most certainly it, it made me understand that, you know, you know, not everything turns out the way you want it to, but you still got to make the best of it. And I think you say that in normal life. Everybody goes through tough times in life. I mean, no matter who you are, but it's how you get through those tough times and how do you move forward? Because you have to move forward. It's not like you can sit there, and, you know, and wish things were different. You got to make things different. Well, if you'll stick around after the break, I think we can bring the real leader of the Parsons administration in. I think the first lady may join us. That's all yeah, right. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll, that'll be good. We'll be right back from the Coliseum here at the State Fair in Sedalia after this. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right to work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. Your energy needs are changing. That's why at Ameren, Missouri, we're not waiting on the future. We're building it with the Smart Energy Plan, advancing thousands of projects across the state, helping reduce emissions through cleaner energy sources, boost reliability with self-healing equipment, and better withstand storms with new composite poles. Moving Missouri forward and bringing us all a little closer together. That's energy at work, Ameren, Missouri. I'm a history buff, like I know a lot of you are if you watch the show. We're doing a thing of the history of Missouri. We're gonna do it one county at a time. We call it Show Me Missouri. We're gonna to travel to all 114 counties of the state. We'll have a member of the Farm Bureau, a county elected official, some of your state legislators you see here on the show. We'll talk about the history, what's happening now in the county, and how the two are interconnected. It's a passion project of mine. If you like history, I hope you'll get involved. Follow us. Uh, go to MissouriTimes.com. You can see it. We'll probably branch it off into its own social media at some point. But you've been so good to us at the Missouri Times, the show, different papers. This is a passion project that I hope you'll enjoy. It's called Show Me Missouri, the history of Missouri, one county at a time. The first county was Polk County. We had a great time. And we hope you'll uh, go to MissouriTimes.com, find out a little bit about it. And if you like the history of the state, I hope you'll enjoy it. Welcome back to this week in Missouri politics from the State Fair in Sedalia. 
we are joined by the most popular parson, the First Lady <laughs> Teresa Parson. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Scott. Christian, Director of Agriculture, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Curtis Gregory, representative from Saline County. Yes, sir. That knows a little bit about farming, right? I, I do, and I'm fresh off the uh, the Mighty Mouse roller coaster, so uh, <laughs> it was it was a ride. If you didn't take, if you made your daughter go to the political events and not the rides, I mean, there would have been no coming back from that. And she got the money's worth of the wristband. I think I was told Good. 12 to 15 rides, so we're all settled. Good deal. Uh, Ms. Parson, it had to be a great day to see so many people. I heard you couldn't even move in the governor's mansion for that portrait unveiling. That had to feel like um, a lot of admiration from the state. And that's, as a person, I know you like history. It's got to be a nice thing of history knowing that's going to hang there forever. It, it is very nice, Scott. And it was very, very, so much of an honor to be there and have so many people come uh, that evening for the unveiling. and. So it was a great evening. It was a little warm that evening in the mansion because <laughs> it was kind of packed, but uh, but it was great. Can you believe how nice it is here at the fair today? Oh, I tell yeah. you, this is one of the nicest. You know, it's always a good day at the fair, but a really good day when you have yes. good weather. When it's 80 something degrees, <laughs> it's an right. even better day. Yes. Uh, Miss Chen, another successful fair that they just keep getting better. It is uh, it is a great celebration of agriculture in rural Missouri. Uh, you got to feel good about how it came off. We do. We feel really good. We had a lot of youth exhibitors again this year. The weather was wonderful and we had a lot of people from our farming and ranching community who showed up, had their family reunion with their fair family and it was just fun. Because Gregory, this is not your first trip to the fair, I don't think, right? Well, it's not my first, but you know, we didn't do a lot of it when I was a kid. I just didn't realize it. Talked about showing livestock and you know, we've got a hog confinement facility. We raise 2,400 at a time. And dad's like, well, we've got 2,400 in the barn that you can go take care of. And I said, okay, you know, listen to the pops there. And um, I've been to the state fair more and more as you know, daughter's growing up. And um, it's just been fun to actually get out and do some more of it to actually, I got my first chocolate milk from Farm Brio today. Nice. You know, so I'm I'm uh, I'm learning the new, learning the things that everyone else knows. Uh, as far as it was interesting, I watched some folks. The governor had sort of indicated that he might veto that ag bill, and I think some folks didn't. They thought he might have been bluffing. He wasn't bluffing, was he? He doesn't usually bluff Scott <laughs> at all. <laughs> so no, they should believe him when he talks. Oh, I think I think he's got his bluff in now. If he says he'll veto, <laughs> so I think people believe him. Um, all right, Ms. Chen, what is a MASBITA tax credit? What, how does that impact Missouri? You know, MASBITA tax credits, a perfect example is the ethanol plant at Marshall in that Malta Bend area, MME. They, over the last 20 years, have come back time and time again to use the MASBITA tax credits for expansion opportunity to grow that business so that they can help area farmers and ranchers add more value to their corn product. It's been a tremendous tool for the farmers and ranchers who own in on that um, ethanol plant and it really is the reason that they were able to get that ethanol plant up and going. And they want to expand, right? They want to expand. But they need this program. They need the program. I went up there, uh, now Senator like Rusty Black took me up there and, and Peggy McGaw, and it's amazing to see what they've done. Innovative stuff that is, is Missouri taking advantage of our natural resource. Uh, it, it is an incredible place and the thing that they want to add on in rural Missouri, I mean, that's kind of what the point of everything is, right? Yeah, they are a great economic driver for our rural community. Not only are they helping our farmers and ranchers in that area, but it's also helping that local community. It's creating jobs, yeah. it's adding more value, it's, it's adding to that tax base, which makes the roads and the bridges even better. So it's, it's really a good asset for the rural community. All right, Representative Gregory, there's a little bit of pushback, uh, hard to get the program extended to six years. You end up getting two. The governor said that's not good enough for rural Missouri. Mm -hmm. When you're in the legislature, what is the logic to give 
St. Louis and Kansas City six years of their programs and give Saline County two years of yours? I mean, it's just, it's a negotiation deal. I wasn't happy that it only ended up on two years by any stretch of the imagination. I'm an ag guy. The ethanol plant she was talking about is my backyard. Yeah. I ended up with close to 100,000 bushels of my own corn went into that plant this year alone. Um, and it's, it has been huge um, for our local economy. And so I was very frustrated, but I was just in a position where I couldn't do anything about it other than just being, well, this is the best we have on the yeah. table right now. And sometimes you just got to take what the best is and see what happens. And I knew the veto was on the table because I kind of heard that rumor mill going around the Capitol. And I was like, well, the governor said he's going to veto it. And people are going, no, he's just going to pocket pass it. And just, he said he wasn't going to sign it. And I was like, <laughs> boys, I think when he says he's not going to sign something, that probably means that's going to be a veto. You were with him that day out at Farm Bureau back in, I guess it's February and March, and it, he looked pretty serious that day. He's usually serious, when he's especially <laughs> in front of, uh, yeah, some of his uh, people that he works with. So, yes, All right. so much. Well, you just got back from summer caucus with your House colleagues. The governor threw down the gauntlet and said, no, we're going to treat rural Missouri the same as you treat urban Missouri. Well, how'd they take it? What's the, what, what's the pulse of your colleagues down there? I mean, the, mo uh, the most of us, I think, we're, we're good with it. It's, um, I, I came out of that meeting with the mantra of, you know, I had a coach one time that gave me the KISS method when it comes to athletics, and that's keep it simple, stupid. I was like, we just got to keep it simple. Let's just take up what he wants us to do and just pass it. It's, it's really that simple. Well, there's a fundamental problem when you treat somebody from Chesterfield better than somebody from Chaffee. You're, oh, you're, I, I don't know if I'll go that deep into it, but um, it's not, you know, we're looking at the tax credit programs. Well, I understand it, agriculture, you know, we don't get the amount of money in some of these credits that some of these others do, and we generate a lot of dollars on the backside um, for the economy. Missouri jobs for Missouri folks. Yeah. You're exactly right. Go, Gregor, quick, I guess you have folks that ask you, okay, why does this matter? How, how do you make this happen? How many years, the governor said two years really doesn't make this work. The math just doesn't really work right. How many years does it need to be? You know, a lot of it depends on the equity drive of the cooperative that is trying to raise their money. Sometimes it takes about 18 months to get a project across that finish line. And other times, depending on supply chain issues like we are seeing right now, it could take three years or more. And so every project is different. And we've got to be able to have that flexibility to meet every business's needs. So the governor said six years, is that what it needs to be? We would like to see six years, yes. We, um, we'd love to see even more if that was possible because that adds more stability to the program. It helps people plan for the future. They know that they want to start out doing phase one, but they want to be able to add phase two and three onto their businesses as well. And sometimes that means coming back longer than that six year. And they really need that certainty that that tax credit is going to be available long term for their use. Business is about certainty, right? A bit about predicting and projecting. And, you know, as far as it does seem like sometimes, the, when he first got elected to the state house, you would never dream of treating agriculture worse than another in industry sector. Sometimes it looks like he's one of the only ones out there fighting for rural Missouri. Well, I don't, I don't think that's altogether true, Scott, because I think there's a lot of legislators up there. And I think rural Missouri is beginning to speak up and we're yeah. beginning to hold our own. Well, if nothing else, there's going to be <clears throat> at least a week of folks talking about rural Missouri in the Capitol come September, right? That'll be good. I don't think that'll, good, that, that won't be lost day. in the stories. No. Uh, Director Chin, when you uh, 
when you talk, look at that ethanol plant, that is actually the end result of these credits, right? It is. It's exactly what it was. You know, they had a small group of farmers that had a dream, and they went out and they worked hard to get that equity drive built, and they did their feasibility study that they funded through MASBDA, and they've been able to grow that opportunity for not only their area, but for that region. Farmers from all around the northern and the central part of the state bring their corn into that ethanol plant and it's added value. It's another market for them and it helps them bring that next generation back home to their farm. And the truth is, I mean, this is smart things. If you were on the board of a company, that's the kind of investment you would make. The taxpayers' money saw a great return there. Yeah, this is all about economic development. Yeah. And as long as our farming community is strong, then the rest of the community will be strong too. And so it's really important. Agriculture is the state's number one economic driver, and we need to make sure that we're giving our farmers, our ranchers, our agribusiness owners, the tools they need to be successful to bring the next generation onto those family farms and ranches. Representative, uh, talking about a tax cut too. So I've heard the Senate maybe be a little more conservative with their number. Governor's come out with some around 700 million. Where, where's the house at right now? You know, honestly, I couldn't tell you. I, we had our caucus meetings where there were some other rumblings of looking at some corporate um, tax cut structure, but I've not been in on the, the high level meetings. One could say that was just some stuff that was thrown around and talking the need to strike while the iron's hot. I'm sitting here going, it's September, you know, when we're more than likely gonna do this. The iron's still going to be hot come January, coming off of this fresh tax cut in September. The iron's still going to be hot in January. We're going to have a lot more time to run the traps and really do more of a study on it than just saying, oh, this is great, let's do a whole lot more. When it's just kind of like when I'm bidding on an item at you know an auction somewhere or a cow somewhere, and you're like, well, my top price is three grand. By the time it's all said and done, you're at six, and you're going, oh, wow, I just got too much in the moment. Well, the thing you don't want to do is leave your, uh, leave your place not flush with money. You don't want to bank. You don't want to put the state in a bad way from an over tax cut when you could have done a, a reasonable tax cut and kept the books balanced. I think we can all agree that I despise the state of Kansas just from the university I went to, and you know, look <laughs> what happened. To, that look look what happened to them. You know, they they did a great thing by rolling their tax way back. But what do they had to do now? They've had to go back and put yeah. taxes back on. And that's the last thing anybody wants to do. I think is go too far and then have to turn around and be like, well, actually, we need to raise our taxes back up. To catch the state back up. There's a reasonable conservative way, to, Midwestern way to do things. There, there definitely is. Okay. So tell me, the state fair, it just feels like when he comes here, people can tell he appreciates agriculture. You're, you two are from an agriculture community. It just, it's just different when he comes to the fair. It's, it's just got to feel special, the reactions of people that come here with their family and they get to see the governor of Missouri walk around the corner. Well, it is, and it's a good time for us. We enjoy it. It's a couple of days, three days when we're here that we can really get out and back to our roots. And, and uh, so we, we enjoy the fair every time we're here. And, and uh, so it's just been a great week so far. I just think that's a special thing. If you come in from Mulberley or Dexter or Sykes and you, you, you're here at the fair having a great time, and then you see the governor and he's smiling and you can <laughs> tell he truly feels at home. That's a great experience that thousands of Missourians have had with, since he's been governor here. Yeah, it's always fun to pull up to a barn with the governor and to see the smiles on the yeah. kids' faces, on the parents' faces, the grandparents' faces. You know, they say, you're the first governor that's ever walked through our barns and known what you're looking at. Yeah. Um, and so it's just yeah. really neat. Uh, they, they were friends with Governor okay. Parson before he was Governor Parson. Yeah. And so that's what's really neat about this is to see the old friendships that, that are there and the support that he has. I want to thank you guys for your time. I want to thank the State Fair folks and yeah. the Department of Agriculture for hosting us here this week for this week in Missouri politics. And we will join you next week, University of Central Missouri campus in Warrensburg.
this week in Missouri politics. This Week in Missouri Politics is sponsored by the Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, Ameren, Spire, and Sterling Bank. Guys, thank you so much for watching the show. I want to tell you about a new thing we're offering. It's the Missouri Times Podcast Network. You'll get this show every week. If you want to listen to it in your car, you don't have time to watch it. You'll get our show in Missouri podcast, History of Missouri, one county at a time. You'll also get our midweek update. Once a week, I throw up the uh, Facebook Live. I, 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 we talk politics, usually it'll lunch and discuss politics. You'll get to hear all those things come right to your phone. Subscribe to us on iTunes or Android, Missouri Times Podcast Network. Please join us and subscribe.